Welcome to Southside Student Ministries podcast, where we are all about developing students into lifelong followers of Jesus. We trust that the message that you are about to listen to will help you know God better and help you live a transformed life. If you have any questions about what you heard, please visit us online at www.southsidestudentmen.com. Thank you for listening. So let's jump in for tonight with that lovely note. So in today's world, there's something you guys probably know. It's called fake news. Y'all know what I'm talking about? In today's culture, it is extremely hard to tell what's real versus what's fake. And you know why? You actually know why it's hard to tell what's real and what's fake? The first is because of social media, because anything can get shared at any possible time. The second one is there's like emails and phone call scams and all that kind of crap. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's like some Nigerian prince needs money and like, or this person is like trying to get out of bail, but he still calls. Like I got a call one time. They're like, it was, it was a Siri voice. And they said, your name is in a court case for the IRS and you will go to jail if you don't give us this money now. And I'm like, yeah, you're stupid. So, um, and then even with Craigslist, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but Craigslist, like you can buy a like some like there's like there's always a scam where it's like a 2009 Honda Accord or 2010 Jeep for like two thousand bucks and it's some either army dude or someone has to leave the country and they got to get it off their hands like right away and like Nicole and I we found a car like that we actually didn't fall for the scam but we were looking into it and I'm like this does doesn't seem right so like I checked the um I checked the VIN number. I checked the. Uh, I actually called like the like uh, the license plate brand. I called Georgia. I was trying to figure this up. Turns out it was just I, it was some fake car or whatnot. But either way, in today's society, in today's culture, it is extremely hard to tell what's real versus what's fake. Most of you guys knew this, but in the last like uh, two weeks or so, Nicole and I brought in a little one, little Evie back there. Fake so news. In ca- that's not fake news. <laughs> but here's the deal: when it comes to baby, there are a lot of weird products out there. Like Nicole and I, like we've like when you go to register, there are so many weird crap out there for babies. And in this whole world of what's real and what's fake, I want to check your 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 fake dar when it comes to babies, okay? So we're going to play this very quick game and there's no like points, there's no whatever. I'm just going to show something on the screen and you're going to tell me is it real or is it fake and then we'll laugh at it if it's real or if it's fake. So here's the first baby product. The first one is this onesie helps your crawling child clean your floor. Is this real or not? It's real, yo. It's real. It's fake. You can't give babies medicine at all, but I'll tell you what, that is needed. I'm just going to say it. It is needed. Number three, this, this this little thing detects your baby's pee and poop and alerts with a melody and a blinking LED light. Hey, it's real. Oh, that's wrong. You put it on your I I I don't I, I don't even know how. Like, that's just nasty. But okay. So a hair and band accessory combination that gives baby girls a realistic hairstyle and a snap. Like, look at that. I know for a fact. That's how Donald Trump has his hair. Wait a minute. It's the 21st century, though. All right, what about this one? A contraption that allows the caregiver to suck the snot out of it. Like, I'm talking like... Like a turkey basket. No, that's fake. 
It's real. Yeah. So when you, okay, so when this is a little tip for you guys. When you guys go to the hospital and you're the baby and they're giving you all this stuff, take it all. There's a little blue sucker that is like, you can't beat it. But there is this one little thing and it's like, you suck on it and it has a filter and it like goes up and then like into this little reservoir. Supposedly it's really good. We haven't tried yet. We haven't tried yet. Uh, how about this one? A fully organic diaper made completely from parts of South American banana tree. Yes, That's fake. That's gotta be That's fake. Fake news. Oh, hey, no. You don't even know the millennials. You know that's not their song. One time it's sound. All right, here we go. We're almost done. The lux uh, a luxury car designer offers this luxury solar for three thousand dollars. That's one thousand and two percent. That's an Aston Martin. Aston Martin. <laughs> Ours, I mean, ours costs us a couple hundred bucks, but there's a, so did anyone who, okay, what famous, what famous person drives an Aston Martin, like, in a, in a TV show? Who? James Bond. James Bond always drives an Aston Martin. What? Can you imagine, Bro, look at you guys. Can you imagine James Bond pushing a child in an Aston Martin I think this is the last one. A special coffee blend for new moms guaranteed to have no effect on their nursing infants. It's called decaf, people. It's called decaf. Like, it's called decaf. It's fake news. It's fake news. Here we go. A baby bib that keeps the mess away by covering the chest and around the head. I look at that though. I feel like Eli, Eli needs one of them. Alright. A baby potty with an adjustable rotating iPad stand that helps baby stay focused while potty trained. I thought it was, but I get, I get confused, bro. I get confused. Like, you know, society is like going to hell in a handbasket when that happens. Like, come on. Come on. Like, that's just weird. All right. Well, here's the deal a lot of you guys had absolutely no base, no foundation to even answer some of those questions. Now, some of y'all just pulled like, you know, I went like 10 for 10, like you just pulled out your butt, like you had no idea what you were saying. But some of you guys didn't even have kind of a foundation to go off of. You guys are not parents. You guys don't have kids. I mean, y'all have some like brothers and sisters and some nieces and nephews and stuff like that. But normally you don't really know what's real or fake until you're in that world or, you ready for this? Or if you see people from that world. You know, when it comes to baby products, a lot of you guys don't even have a foundation to go off of to know, okay, is that real? Is that even necessary? Like, would that actually be helpful or would it not? And we just don't know what to do. So we're like, is it real? Is it fake? I don't even know. Well, see, when it comes to Christianity, when it comes to Christianity specifically, a lot of people don't know what's real and what's fake. A lot of people don't know if Christianity itself is real or if it's fake or if the people who actually claim to know Jesus are real and fake. And some people go, oh, you know what? The Bible is just so confusing. It doesn't make sense. So it just doesn't. It isn't real. You know, just this is just kind of me throwing it out there. I really don't think the Bible necessarily is the reason why so many people think Christianity is fake. Now, some people might be mad at God because of what the Bible says, and it goes against the way they live or something that they have their own personal control bents on or whatnot. But a lot of times, people believe that Christianity is fake not because of the Bible and actually not even necessarily because of Jesus, because of the people who claim to be Christians, and it just doesn't make sense. 
a lot of times people will look at the Christians, they will look at people and go, you know what, if you claim to follow God and, it, and you're not living that way, why would I want to follow that? It just doesn't make sense. It's confusing. You say you're a Christian, but you live like that, but that person says they're a Christian and they live like that, and that person lives like they're a Christian and says like that. None of them makes sense. There's, there's no rhyme or reason or whatever they do, so it just doesn't logically make sense. In fact, a lot of Christians are what I'm going to call fake. I believe that a lot of Christians in the world, a lot of people who go to who go to church every single week, or if they go to mass, or if they go to missions trips, they go to Bible clubs, whatever you want to say, I believe that a lot of people who claim to follow Jesus are fake. Today, I'm going to ask you a question, and this can be probably one of the hardest questions I want you to answer, both in your life and through your time here at SM. And here's the question that I have for you that I want you to answer by the end of tonight. And that question is, is am I a fake? As a Christian, am I a fake? Before you tonight, there's three chairs, okay? And we're going to talk about each one of these chairs. Each chair, I know you guys can't see it super well, but each chair represents someone's life. It represents your life, my life, your friend's life, your neighbor's life, your teacher's life, your parent's life, whatever. Each one of these chairs represents someone's life. And based on where you're sitting is how you can answer the question, are you fake? Tonight, we're going to walk through each one of these three chairs, okay? We're going to start with chair one, chair two, in chair three, okay, you got it? So what chair is this one? One. What chair is this one? Three. 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 And this chair is two. So chair one, and Gabe's like, I'm out, peace. <laughs> chair one, chair two, chair three. And the question that you're going to have to answer it tonight is you have to go, okay, what chair am I sitting in? Am I genuine? Am I fake? Or am I not even in the ball field? So tonight, we're going to start with looking at chair one. So go ahead and write this down in the back of your slip. I left them blank tonight. They're going to have a, there's going to be a lot of crap on the screen. So write small if you can, or just write in that notebook, Jessica. I love that you bring a notebook. Here is chair number one that we're going to talk about tonight, okay? Chair number one is a genuine Christian, genuine Christian. Chair number one is a genuine Christian. Genuine Christian. So here's the question, okay? What is it? What is a genuine Christian? And to know what a genuine Christian really is, where should we go, guys? We probably should go to the Bible. We're going to have a lot of scripture tonight. So I want to encourage you guys. We're going to read most of them on the screen. I'm not going to have you flip to them, but I encourage you to write down each one of these references because you're going to have to refer back to them later, okay? So here's what a real uh, – let's back this up. So there's many passages of scripture that tell us what a genuine Christian is, and here's the other kicker, what a genuine Christian is known for. Here's the first one, okay? A genuine Christian has believed in Jesus' work on the cross and called on Jesus to save him. In other words, you can just put this, a genuine Christian believes in Jesus. You can just jot that down if you want to don't, if you don't want to do the whole sentence. But this is what it encapsulates, okay? A genuine Christian actually is saved by Jesus, believe in his work on the cross, and called on Jesus to save him. You guys got it or are you guys trying to jot down the whole sentence? Yeah, jot it down. You good? All right, here you go. So here's some passages I want you guys to write down, okay? The first one is one that most of you guys know, right? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You keep reading John 3, 17, that Jesus came into the world not to condemn the world, but that the whole world through him might be saved. Another passage of scripture that you guys might know is Romans 10, 9 through 10. 
It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, this is one of the fun parts of this passage, okay? It says this. It says, for it is with your heart you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. In other words, do you believe in your heart that, you, uh, that Jesus has died and rose again? That's good. Even the demons believe that. Do you believe in your heart? And then have you confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord? That's where the demons fall short. They don't, they don't say Jesus is Lord. So do you believe in Jesus? But then also, do you say you believe in Jesus as well and confess your sins to him and ask him to come into your heart? If you have not even done this, you're not even in the ballpark, all right? You're not even in there. You're not in the game. You can't even call yourself a genuine Christian. <laughs> well, why, woo, that's what I'm doing right now. So you can't even call yourself a genuine Christian if you have not done these couple things. But here's the deal, okay? There might be, okay, that's cool. That's what a Christian is. But what is a Christian known for? That's the next thing you have to write down. A Christian, a genuine Christian, is lives out their faith. I should have said his or hers. I apologize, ladies. But a genuine Christian lives out his or her faith. Technically, grammatically, it's his or her faith. Look it up. I'm not wrong. His or her faith. Just because I make typos doesn't mean I don't know. Fine. Either way, how does a genuine Christian actually puts their money where their mouth is? How about that? Like that one? Put some feet to their faith. That's the old one or whatnot. So a genuine Christian believes in Jesus and actually lives out their faith. There's a lot of Christ a lot of passages to back this up too. In Luke 9, these are the actual words of Jesus, people. It says this. He says, And Jesus said to all, If anyone comes after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever will save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what does a profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? If anyone wants to follow after me, they have to stop living for themselves, pick up their cross and follow after me, live for God and live for others. Here's another passage in 1 John. This one, it's getting a little bit more real. It says, this is how we know that we know him. This is how we know if we're a Christian, okay? Here's a test. If we keep Jesus's commands, the one who says, I have come to know him, yet doesn't keep his commands as a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word truly in him, the love of God is made complete. This is how we know if we're in him. The one, who's, the, the one who says he remains in him should walk just as he walked. In other words, this is how you know if you're a genuine Christian, okay? Do you walk the same way Jesus walks? If I would take your life and put it right next to Jesus, would they match up? Now, obviously, the answer is no. Because we do sin, we do fall short. But overall, do you strive to actually walk the same way Jesus walked? It's a question you got to ask yourselves. Here's another Bible passage where it talks more about putting, um, putting some, some feet, some action to your faith. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but doesn't have works? Can such a, sa can such a faith save him? And one of you says to them, go in peace. They, they, I don't know what happened there. It got all fuddy-duddied over there. I don't know what happened with that passage of Scripture. But here's what it actually says. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but does not have works? Can such faith save him? Basically, I don't know what happened. My copy and pasting got really weird. We're going to back this up. Just write down James 2, 14 through 20. And here's what I'm pretty much going to tell you from that passage. It's saying, if there is someone in your midst who's a Christian, who's a fellow Christian who doesn't have clothes and doesn't have food, and you just say, oh, no, good luck to you. Go have a good life. 
are you really showing your Christian faith? Are you really actually putting actual feet to your actions? In other words, do you love someone more than yourself? This is where I get the idea of even the demons believe. You believe that God is one. Well, good. Even the demons believe that, and they still shudder. Senseless person. Are you willing to learn that faith without works is useless? So a genuine Christian is someone who actually, yes, says they follow after Jesus, but not just stop there. A genuine Christian will say, yes, I follow Jesus, but their actions will match that. Their life will back up what they're trying to say. In other words, there's something just a little bit different about their lives than anybody else. They live a little different. They talk a little different. They act a little different. They respond a little different. A Christian will be a little different from the world because God has called us to live a different life. Rather than living for the next party, living for popularity, Living in a way where no one notices you, the opposite of popularity. Living a life where you are trying to fit in and doing whatever you can to fit in. A genuine Christian will say that they love Jesus. And here's the kicker, okay? They actually will do it. And here's my question for you. Are you a genuine Christian who actually lives like a Christian? People such as William Carey. Does anyone know who William Carey actually is? I'm just curious. All right, Carey's father. Oh. That's actually pretty good. Um, right, Carrie's dad. That's actually pretty good. Does anyone know who William Carey is, actually? It's okay if you don't. He's an inventor. No, he's actually not. He's actually not. But it's okay. Good guess. Good guess, my friend. Here's, here's who William Carey is, okay? He's a missionary. He was a missionary to India, and everything that you see about the modern missionary movement started with him. The Father of American Missions. He's one of the first people to ever leave America to go to another country and actually tell people about Jesus and live in that country and in that culture. William Carey actually took that step and went to tell people about Jesus. How about this person? Does anyone know who Florence Nightingale is? Yeah, who's Florence Nightingale? Someone tell me. She ain't a singer. She ain't a book writer. Someone help me out, Madison. She's a nurse. In fact, she is known as not the... not. Uh, it's not the father because she's a girl. But um, basically, she started the modern nursing movement. She actually was a believer who prayed to God. And you know what she prayed to God? She said, just give me something that gives my life purpose. I want to do whatever you want me to do, but let me have purpose. She went into the Civil War, and she actually became a nurse and became one of the most famous nurses of all time simply because she told God, I, want, I, I just want to do something for you. Help me use my talents, gifts, and abilities and go do something for you. That was Florence Nightingale. How about this guy? Do you guys recognize this guy? That's not a dude. That guy. Billy Graham. Y'all know Billy Graham? What's Billy Graham known for? Baseball. That's Billy Sunday. Per preacher, that's right. So he is known as pretty much one of the greatest preachers of all time. In fact, if you didn't know this, did you know that actually Billy Graham sat on councils for about three or four different presidents? In fact, when Billy Graham just recently died, um, I think Obama was there, um, George uh, W. Bush, I think George H.W. Bush, I think Jimmy you know, Carter was even there. Um, but either way, Billy Graham was known as this. And here's the crazy thing, okay? Billy Graham didn't want to do it. <laughs> Way back in the day, what Billy Graham ended up doing was not what he wanted to do, but he said, God, I'm just going to follow you. I'm going to do whatever I can. I'm going to go tell people all about you. Here's another person. You might recognize this thing because we've been talking about a lot here at church lately. Lottie Moon. So you see how, uh, here's the kind of a fun thing. You see how young she looks? 
Lottie Moon was a missionary from America over to China, and she spent 40 years as a single woman living in communist China as a teacher and as a missionary. Because her work was so influential in the Southern Baptist world, which our church is a part of, there's an annual Christmas offering that we take part in as well. Last year, the offering raised $15.3 million to overseas missions. It all started with one teenage girl who wanted to follow after Jesus. Catch that one teenage girl who wanted to follow Jesus. Here's another person. You guys recognize this guy? Oh, that's my cousin. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Here's the deal, okay? A lot of people know him as just, you know, you know he did a lot of stuff with racial like, equality. And here's the deal. You know why? You know why he fought for racial equality? Because he believed the exact same thing that God taught us in his Bible that all people are created equal. We're all bearing the image of God. So therefore, we shouldn't treat other people as slaves or downcasted or whatnot. But Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. wasn't just first and foremost a political activist. He was first and foremost just a pastor in a small little church just doing the work, doing the grind every single day. What about this guy? You guys recognize him? Yeah. Tim Tebow. Tim, all the girls go, uh-huh, I recognize me from Tim Tebow. Like, let's go, let's go. So if you Google Tim Tebow, I was trying to find a good picture. I'm sitting there in Starbucks, and it was just like him without a shirt on for like two straight pages. And it was just awkward because I was sitting next to a bunch of people. It was weird. But Tim Tebow, but Tim Tebow wasn't just a great football player. is isn't just a great basketball player. Uh, well, he's an okay basketball player, too. But actually, he's not just a good baseball player. He is first and foremost a Christian, and he has no problem being unapologetic about his faith. In fact, even though he kind of got cut from football, mainly because of his faith, he actually started a non-for-profit that's now doing this Night to Shine. You guys ever heard of Night to Shine? It's where his foundation partners with churches to put on proms for those who are, are mentally challenged. Yeah, for people who actually have, you know, like just mental challenges or physical challenges or whatnot, he, autism, all the stuff, even physically, he puts on a prom for them with his foundations, but he does it through churches. Tim Tebow wants to shine a light in the culture to help people who are autistic and people who are families of autistic children that, hey, God still loves you and we do too. And here's the crazy thing, all right? All these people that I just talked about are genuine Christians, but here's the crazy thing, okay? These are some powerhouse Christians, aren't they? We're called to be genuine Christians. And I know you might be thinking like, Mark, how on earth am I supposed to match up with like Billy, Billy, Billy Graham? You mean preach in front of 10,000 people? Oh, and then be like, like televised to billions of other people? You want me to be like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and actually re, like lead these revolutionary things? How am I supposed to be like Florence Nightingale or Lottie Moon? These people are juggernauts of the faith. How am I supposed to be a genuine Christian like that? And here's how you are, okay? Each one of these Christians, each man, each woman, didn't start at the top. They just followed God in their every single step of the day. Every single day, they just did the little things to follow God. They stayed close to him. They read his word. They prayed. They talked to other people. They ministered. They shared. They had a heart for other people. And they weren't just big overnight. It's like an athlete. You can't just make it to the top one day. You can't just wake up and be an overnight success. Every overnight success starts as a daily grind. If you want to stay in this chair, number one, we're going to move it over here now. If you want to stay in this chair, a genuine Christian, you have to do the little things. You have to choose to pick up your cross every single day. 
You have to choose to actually say the right thing. You gotta choose to be kind. You gotta choose to serve. You gotta choose to love Jesus every single day if you're gonna sit here in the genuine Christian spot. That's chair number one. Is that where you're sitting? I don't know. Let's find out. Here's chair number two, okay? Grab those slips again. Here's your chair number two. I'm going to call it chair number two, the Sunday Christian. Look at you, Gaby. Yeah. Dude, you're resting your feet on the... Dude, that's, that's Billy Graham's chair, bro. My feet are the Jesus chair. If your feet's on the Jesus chair. Yeah, they're Adidas. They are. There you go. So chair number two, the Sunday Christian, is where I'm going to probably just put a stakehold here and say most people who claim to be Christians probably will be sitting in this chair. Uh, most people who claim to be Christians will probably be sitting in the chair that is just a Sunday Christian. This person goes to church on Sunday mornings. You know, maybe they do a Bible study on Wednesday. Heck, maybe they even go on a missions trip, but they are more a Christian just in name. They just say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, whatever. But their lives don't back it up at all. This person in the chair will say the right things. They'll talk the right talk. They'll do the right things. They'll go where they're supposed to go. But here's the deal. When comes Tuesday or Wednesday, when they get back into the world, you, can, you can't tell a difference between them and the world. They don't look like a Christian anymore. This person, Lias, will look completely different whether they're with Christians in church or on the outside. With the same mouth, they'll sing praises to God, but then on the next day, they'll honestly just stab someone in the back. They'll watch movies and entertainment. Here you go. That degrades women to only sexual objects. They'll make jokes that they'll never, ever tell in church. They'll talk about pleasing themselves. They don't really give a crap about other people. They're focused on only, only me. And here's the deal. They are jerks to others and never, ever, ever show grace, forgiveness, or mercy. And the older they get, <laughs> the worse and worse it gets. You can only fake it for so long. When you guys go to college, here's the deal. Okay, this is where the true test, if you're going to be a genuine Christian, is. When you go to college, a public college like Purdue or Ball State, IU, you know, um, anywhere, any, pretty much any public college, a lot of people who are good Christians in high school, they'll walk away. They'll step into chair two where they go to church on Sunday, but they were getting hammered on Saturday. They'll go to church on Sundays, but they were sleeping with the girl on Thursday. They'll go to church on Sunday, but then on Tuesday, they're going to be ripping people up and down. And the older they get, sometimes the worse it gets. But here's the deal, okay? This is not just a clean break between chair and run two, okay? I actually think there's two different categories of chair two. Just so you guys know, I think there's two different categories. This is actually not up on your screen, okay? You want to, I want to write this down. I think there's two different categories in chair number two. Number one is a genuine Christian who has just sinned and needs to repent, okay? A genuine Christian who just is just screwing up and just needs to get their life back on track, okay? Or they're a fake. They're a wannabe. So you put one being fake and the other one is One's a fake and one's a Christian that just needs to get their life back right. Let's just get their life back together. So a genuine Christian who needs to repent, get their life back on track, or they're a fake. And here's the deal, okay? I'm just going to be honest for you. As a Christian, it's extremely easy to go from chair one to chair two. In fact, we see the Apostle Paul even saying, you know, I, I do what I don't want to do. And I don't do what I do want to do. Even the Apostle Paul had issues with that. You see Peter falling into this category. You see the Apostle John falling into this category of just these, these great men of the faith. David even. I mean, holy crap. You, you know what David did? 
A dude murdered somebody, knocked up his wife, got her pregnant, and did all these other crazy little things. And he was the man who was known as the, what was it? The, the man after God's own heart. It's very easy for a Christian to go from chair one to chair two with one action, with one thought, with one even just state of mind. It's very, very easy for a Christian to go from chair one to chair two. But here's the question, okay? How do you know? Maybe you're sitting in this chair. You're thinking, you know what? I, think, I kind of feel like I'm a fake, Mark. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not like a Billy Graham. I'm not really living for Jesus. No one can really tell me apart. How do I know if I'm a genuine Christian who just needs to repent and get their life back on track or if I'm a fake? How can I know? You know, there's a few things that I think... We're going we're gonna to skip some things, so we got to keep moving. There's, some, there's about three things that I think can actually help you understand that, okay? There's three ways that you can actually tell, am I a genuine Christian who needs to be repented or a genuine Christian who's a fake? Here's one of them, okay? Here's a test to see if you're a genuine or a fake. The first thing is, do you have a heart for those who are lost, even if they don't look like you? Oh, yes. Do you have a heart for the lost? Now, we just got out of a five-week series called Lost and Found. What is lost? Someone tell me, what's lost? Off the map. Disappeared. Gone, forgotten, probably. That's it? Yeah. Just on the spiritual side. Someone who doesn't know Jesus. Here's my question. Do you have a heart for people who aren't saved? Do you have a heart for people who don't absolutely know Jesus? And here's the deal. Even if they don't look like you, talk like you, think like you. When you see people hurting, do you wonder, do they need Jesus? When you hear about, here you go, when you hear about people who are gay, and you, they think Christians hate them, do you immediately start to judge them right away? Oh yeah, they're gay. Or... Do you actually hurt for them? Do you hurt because they need Jesus? Oh. You're gonna judge them? Or are you gonna hurt and you're gonna think, I wish they would know Jesus? When you hear about someone who just got pregnant, do you go, oh, look at her, man, look at that slut, she got knocked up again. Or are you gonna start hurting and say, you know what, that's terrible. I feel for this girl. Man, maybe she needs Jesus. When you hear about people who OD, get hammered on the weekends, who just do stupid things and they even physically harm themselves, do you begin to judge them? Do you get to put them down? Do you give them names? Or does your heart genuinely hurt? Does it hurt for them that they need Jesus? What about your everyday friends who might not do bad things? They're pretty good people. But do you just hurt for them if they don't know Jesus? Do you go, man, I wish I could talk to them about Jesus. I hope they ask me about it. I hope they can come to heaven with me one day. If you don't hurt for people who are not lost, you don't have the heart of God. If you don't hurt for people who are lost, you do not have the heart of God. And therefore, if you don't have the heart of God, you probably are a fake. Because here's what we see in John 3.16. We just read it that God loved the whole world, that he did the most radical, crazy, in my opinion, for me, I mean, let's just say from a dad standpoint, stupid thing ever, where he sent his son to die for you. Here's the deal. I love you, Eli, but Elliot ain't dying for you. Like, it just ain't happening. That's true. Maybe Jessica, but not for you. Like It's just not going to happen. What? Jessica wasn't even paying attention. Look at that. But here's the deal. As a dad, I'm not going to let Elliot die for you, okay? But God did that for you through his son, Jesus. He had a heart for people. So my question is, do you have a heart for others? Here's a second test to see if you're genuine or you're fake. The second one is, do you have a heart that desires to be with God's people? Do you have a heart that desires to be with God's people? 
The church is the body of Christ. In other words, the church is God's people. If you are, in fact, a believer, it means you're part of God's family. You're part of Jesus' family. And we call that Jesus' bride. It's kind of the fun little term that, that we see in Scripture. And through Jesus, you have been brought into his people. And if you hate the church, if you hate being with other Christians, if you hate talking with other Christians, my question for you is, are you one? It's a legitimate question. Are you a Christian? Do you serve alongside other believers? Do you actually want to be in groups with other believers? Now, here's the deal, okay? I'm just going to be honest with you. A lot of times Christians suck <laughs> because we're sitting in chair two. Let's just be honest. A lot of times Christians can be the meanest, harshest, just absolutely terrible people. I'm just going to go on a rabbit trail for a second. At Northland, we would get these phone calls where it's like these people would be super mad. They'd be screaming at people, and they would throw, like, even pastors would throw their pastor title. Like, I am pastor such and such. You will do this. And we're like, nope, we're not doing that. Because people want to think that, oh, they're a believer. They get whatever they want to do. But a lot of times, Christians will sit in this fake chair, and they will have the name of Jesus. Maybe they do or they don't. But a lot of times, Christians hurt you worse than the world. And in fact, Sometimes even Christians talk about other Christians worse than Christians in the world. And here's the deal, okay? Last time I checked, we weren't following other Christians. We were following Jesus. So Christians will hurt you. Get used to it. Christians will backstab you. It's okay. Christians will not be there when you need them most. In fact, I might even fall in that category a lot too. But here's the deal at the end of the day. Do you long to be with God's people? When it's Sunday morning, do you want to be at church? Do you want to serve? Do you want to sing? Do you want to worship? Do you, do you, and this is even hard for me to answer. Do I want to read my Bible? Do I want to go on a mission trip? We're going to be going to camp this summer. We'll talk about more of that next week. Do I want to go to camp? Do I want to be with God's people? If the answer is no, I don't want to be with God's people at all. The question is, are you real or are you fake? Here's the third test, all right? Here's the third test. A third test, if you're a genuine Christian or a fake, is do you have a heart that recognizes sin? Do you have a heart that recognizes sin? In 1 John 3, 19 through 20, it says this. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and, and will reassure our hearts before God. So, right? This is how we know that we belong to Jesus and we will reassure our hearts that, that, that we follow him whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts, and he knows all things. When people start walking away from God and sin, when you start to sin and do what you know you're not supposed to do, does your heart condemn you? Does your conscience kick in? Do you know what you're doing is even wrong? That, there's, that you are hurting your relationship with God and that you are sinning and that you're stuck in sin and you keep doing this time and time and time again and you feel the guilt and you go, man, I'm a terrible person. Am I really, I, I shouldn't have done that. I know I should have obeyed my mom. I know I should have done this. I know I should have been disrespectful. I, should, I know I should have been kinder. Why did I do that? If you have a heart that is telling you, you know what, that is sin and God doesn't like it. The Bible says that is one of the truest tests to find out if you are actually a believer. A true Christian understands and feels his or her guilt and how it goes against God. But a true Christian will repent of that sin and move into a place of grace and forgiveness. So in chair two, okay, there's two different peoples. There's people who I'm going to call genuine who are pretty much just not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And there's faith. But there are two distinct personalities here. But there's one more chair to go, and that's chair number three over there. And chair number three is simple. Chair number three is a lost person. Chair number one is a genuine Christian. Chair number two is a Sunday Christian who could be 
possibly fake, or they just need to get their life back together, or chair number three is someone who is lost. If you've been listening to this whole conversation tonight, you go, oh, Mark, I ain't following Jesus. I, I mean, I don't even necessarily know who he is. Or if, if you have known what he is, but you're asking all these questions, you know what, Mark, my life doesn't seem to match up with it. Yeah, okay, maybe I prayed Jesus into my heart when I was four. Maybe I was baptized at seven, but something just doesn't feel right. It just, I don't think I'm following after Jesus. You might be sitting in chair three. And here's the crazy thing about God, okay? And here's the crazy thing about everyone in the world, okay? When you're born, you start at chair number three. Everyone starts right here. You can only become a genuine Christian if you go from chair one, three into two and into one. And we talked about what it meant to be a genuine Christian, remember? What, is the, what are the two marks of a genuine Christian? What's the two marks? First, you gotta do what? Believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus, but then... That's, that's how you get saved, but what, what then happens next? Yeah, you live your faith out. If you want to go from lost to found, all you have to do is do those things. You have to decide, I want to follow after Jesus and live my life with him. Now, normally the person who's sitting in chair number three is looking for something, okay? Normally the person over here in chair number three is trying to fill their life with something because something's just wrong. They might try to fill it with popularity, it ain't going to work. So they have to step up a notch. They might try to fill it with friends and relationships and works and money and power, maybe even with sex, maybe even with drugs, maybe even with alcohol. They don't know what they're trying to find. They're just trying to get out of this chair, but they don't know how. And here's my question for you. If you are a follower of Jesus, are you willing to go to chair number three to help someone get out of chair number three as well? But if this is you sitting in chair number three, you don't have to stay in chair number three. You don't have to stay there anymore. You can go from chair number three lost to going over there to be a follower, genuine follower of Jesus. And when you do that, your life completely changes. Your life can go from confusion to mission. Your life can go from pointless to have a purpose. You can go from lost to found. And all you have to do to get to chair number one is do you want to follow Jesus? But if you're sitting here and you're going, you know what, Mark, I, 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 I know I'm a follower of Jesus. My question for you is what chair are you sitting in? Are you sitting in chair number one or are you sitting in chair number two? If you say, yeah, Mark, I am a follower of Jesus. You know, I, 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 I believe in him. I, I know I follow him. But, but I'm not living like a Christian. You're sitting in chair number two. You're sitting in the Sunday Christian, which is not designed for you. There's no such thing as a radical Christian and then a Sunday Christian. You're a Christian or you're not. If, you're, if you ask yourself this question, am I sitting in number chair number two? Am I a genuine Christian who just got to get their life back on track? My question for you is what are you going to do to get back to chair number one? What are you going to do? If you're a genuine believer, though, and you're like, you know what, Mark? You know, I'm, I'm, I, I claim to follow Jesus, and I'm, I'm doing the best I can. I'm, I'm following Jesus' command. I think I'm sitting in chair number one. I'm doing pretty good. That's awesome. I'm excited for you. But don't brag about it. Because once you start bragging about it, where do you go? Back to chair number two. In fact, if you're sitting in this chair tonight, besides Gabe's feet, if you're sitting in this chair tonight, you probably should be the most humble person in this room because you know you didn't get to this chair on your own. But the fact that God took you and God placed you in this chair, God led you to this chair. He lets you be a part of this family. We read in Ephesians that you were chosen in First Peter, you see that you're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood, a people for God's own possession. Yes, you made the choice to follow after Jesus, the great mystery. You chose to follow Jesus, but God put you here. 
If you're still sitting in this chair, you're gonna find yourself in chair number two. It's gonna, you're gonna find yourself there. But here's my question for you tonight, okay? If you're, well, back that up. If you're sitting in chair number one, good job, keep going. But here's the main question. If you're sitting in this chair, chair number two, my question for you is, are you a genuine Christian? You need to get your life back on track, or are you a fake? And then the question is, what are you going to do? If you're a fake, you got some choices to make. But if you're a genuine follower of Jesus, but you're just messing up a lot, you're studying a lot, you got some decisions to make as well. So my question for you, and I want you to write this on the bottom of your slip, okay? Final question to end the day. I want you to write this question down. Am I real or am I fake? Am I real or am I fake? Because based on how you answer this question will determine how you live the rest of your life. And it will determine where you spend the rest of eternity as well. You guys can talk about that in small groups, but I want you guys to think about that during the week as well. So let's pray, and then we'll do a couple of worship songs, then we'll go off to small groups.